0: Let me start off by asking you, mm. do you remember anything about the accident?
1: Mm-hmm. The actual accident, no. I don't remember much of anything, actually. What's the last thing you remember? The last thing I remember was I was like, you know what? This is not familiar land that I'm traveling, not familiar roads that I'm going down. I need to set my cruise and make sure I'm you know, behaving myself on the road. So the last thing I remember doing is setting my cruise.
0: We begin in Haldeman County where two men are in hospital with life-threatening injuries following two separate collisions on the same day. CTV's Heather Centerin is back from Haldeman County and joins us with more on this. Heather, this is always a busy time of year on the roads. It is, Leanne, and police admit that usually means roads are jam-packed with travelers, but this weekend proved to be
1: extremely dangerous with two crashes hours apart. The drive looks clear now, but that wasn't the case on Saturday. The roads in Haldimand County, covered in chaos. But there was car parts everywhere. It was littered, littered the highway. The first of two serious collisions happened right in front of this resident's Caledonia home on Highway 6. Just before 7.30 a.m., a a brutal head-on crash. Uh,
0: The two cars were completely totaled. From the front end, you wouldn't be able to tell what they were.
1: An SUV was uh, being driven by a 40-year-old female. Um, traveling northbound on Highway 6, and that vehicle traveled into the southbound
0: lane and, uh, and struck a sedan.
1: The driver of the sedan, a 23-year-old Glenbrook man, remains in hospital with life-threatening injuries. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's from Lamentations chapter three verses twenty two and twenty three.
0: This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tim Young, and I'm here with Jacob Hodge. Hi, Jacob.
1: Hey, Tim, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It yeah. is fantastic to have you here in more ways than one, as we're going to find out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is certainly something that needs to be shared for sure. And I uh, love the podcasts that come out. So it's great to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. So the day was, was August 31st, Indeed. 2019. Been over three years now. Mm-hmm. How old were you at the time? Twenty-three years old. Twenty-three years old. So yeah. you were uh fairly newly married at the time. So Yes. How long you've been married for? A
1: couple of years. It's a
0: special day for you guys, if, if you want to explain a tell everybody huge, what was going on.
1: Absolutely. It was a marvelous day. It was from a natural perspective, one of the most exciting days that you can really have moving into your first house. That was the day. Yeah. All planned. We had the U-Haul rented. The people all organized to come help us. And wow, that was a completely different day than was expected.
0: Yeah. So what happened? Mm.
1: Well, we had a U-Haul rented more in the afternoon. So in the morning, Kayla, my wife and her mother would start driving the van and driving some of our stuff to our new house. Yeah. And then they needed to go pick up some stuff in order to do that. And what I was going to do was go ahead of time to fix a shelf. Um, So she left, said goodbye to me. And so that's sort of where we parted. And they took the van and went over to our rental unit to pick up our stuff. And then I went straight to the house or was going to go straight to the house. So I was driving up uh, along Highway 6. Well, if people don't
0: know, Highway 6 is kind of like a four-lane Highway 2 on each side. There's no division. It's just a straight yellow line right down, exactly. the, yep. down the road. But yep. it is, this is a fast-moving road. Like you're going 90 kilometers per hour Yep. Yep. Uh, down this road.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: So that's fifty-five miles per hour. Okay, people go. would be traveling down that road. Yes, for our U.S. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: we go. Yeah, so pretty quickly, definitely.
0: And this is like first thing in the morning.
1: This is first thing in the morning. I probably left at five after seven. Yeah, it's a beautiful summer day. It was bright, sunny. Pretty much no one on the road. No one on the road. Unlike what was said in the news article, where they said it was really busy and what because of long weekend, whatnot. There was pretty yeah, much no one on the road. Yeah. Super clear. And then I was driving down the highway and I got to, there's a famous little shop, Wally Parr's Sausage. Oh, Wally excellent, Sausage. Excellent spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, highly recommend. Not a, in, not a good place to have an accident. <laughs> no, it's not. And yeah, right before I got to that spot, I was in a car accident and that's all I remember. I actually don't remember that as in a car accident, actually. So So you're
0: driving like a Volvo sedan and there was this woman Mm -hmm. coming the other direction and like a Jeep? Is it a...
1: Yeah, I was driving a 2006 Volvo S60, Okay, which if you know the Volvo vehicles are made like tanks or big beefy vehicles for sedans. And yeah, she was driving this 40-year-old woman driving a Dodge Nitro. A Dodge Nitro. They're big, yeah, but yeah, they're much bigger SUVs.
0: But she was driving under the influence. She was, yes. She fell asleep at the wheel, as I understand, or?
1: I'm not sure. Okay.
0: I, I just
1: know. Either she, way, yeah.
0: she came across the lanes.
1: Yes. The slow lane to her fast lane to our fast lane to exactly where you I were, was
0: driving. You were driving in the slow lane. hmm yep. And she hit you head on. Yes. Head on at 55 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> From the reports, mm-hmm. there were car parts everywhere, just obliterated oil and just gas everywhere. And your car, I've seen pictures of this car. It's mm-hmm. like somebody just took tinfoil and just crumpled it up. Like It's just unrecognizable.
1: Absolutely. Yep. You have no idea what kind of car I was driving from the front. It was just no.
0: torn apart. You wouldn't recognize it. Nope.
1: So the highway was, because of that, was shut down for nine hours.
0: So... You were in that car, like you were mm-hmm. obliterated. I can't believe you were actually in that car when I see pictures because your front wheel of your car is just like smashed up into almost the passenger area. It doesn't seem any room for your legs.
1: That's exactly.
0: The steering wheel was pushed up into your chest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, you were totally unresponsive on Absolutely. the scene, but yep. you were still breathing. Mm-hmm. But you were bleeding heavily. Yes, You've talked to people afterwards about some of the things that happened to you there, what impressed you about it.
1: Yeah, there's so many things, really. But there were a couple of people who had stopped at the scene. And then there was this uh, young woman who stopped at the scene. And she sort of asked some of the people who had already stopped, you know, like, because the one person was already out of the vehicle, was sort of...
0: Dazed and confused. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. uh, Walking around a bit. But the other person wasn't being myself and she was like how's this person in here and they're like oh can't get to him he's unresponsive yeah. Yeah. he you know there's, there's he's, nothing he's really it, yeah. and that was in the ditch the car would have been in the ditch and so she went down and she looked and from speaking to her afterwards she thought that i was going to die
0: yeah she thought she was there to comfort you Exactly. Death. She yeah. thought, you
1: know what, I'm not going to leave his side because no one should die alone. Yeah. And I was breathing really quickly at this point, which from the action, of some of the injuries and the, the tremendous blood loss at this point was as a result of the quick breathing. And she tried to comfort me to slow that breathing rate down so that I had a chance to catch my breath in some way but there was glass shattered everywhere so there was like nowhere she could like touch Touch. to try and comfort me except a small part of my shoulder yeah so that's where she touched me and said it's it's going to be all right and help is on the way and comforting messages like that and apparently my breathing did indeed slow down
0: there's another part of that story I heard that another lady actually went in the back and she found your briefcase and she was yes. able to get it out of the wreckage and mm-hmm. she found your name. Yep. And then yep. this lady was actually able to comfort you with your name, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacob. Yeah.
1: She was not only able to do that, but her name is actually so similar to my wife's name. My wife's name is Kayla and her name is Kaylin. Oh, interesting so saying her name... In the state I was in, I probably thought that was Kayla. Yeah. So, even that, right, would have been a huge comfort. Interesting. Even if I knew it was or not, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. You think about providence and everything, like just, so you're seeing the the hand of God in this, even though it's just so awful. Like, it's mm-hmm. such a terrible thing that happened to you. There's these little things that come through that really, you kind of see the hand of God in it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think God's providence is amazing, astounding, especially in that example, but not only in such life-altering, life-changing, and even ending for a time, yeah. moments and events in our lives. It can be in the very small things where the providence of God is shown.
0: Yeah, you don't have to go through a car accident. It, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the emergency workers finally got there. Yes. So the paramedics yep. and the firefighters.
1: Yep. So the paramedics came. There was a, a primary care paramedics. They called the advanced care paramedics. So we had First Nations paramedics come. We, and then we also had the Hamilton paramedics come. And then the air ambulance was called. Oh so God. we had like tons going on around there. That yeah. area well, like just,
0: you said, the whole thing was shut down for it, nine exactly. hours. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And but I mean even before then, as you said, the firefighters were there. Yeah. And according to reports, they used every piece of extraction equipment to get me out of that vehicle. As you said, it was such a crumpled tin can. They used everything. And there's like a delay of around ten minutes to get me out of the vehicle.
0: Ten minutes, is that all?
1: Because I've seen that car like the Ten minutes after they get there and they you oh. know use all their equipment. Yeah. So I would have been in the car for a while because no one would have been able to get me out because right, the glass yeah. had completely shattered on the driver's side door. And even apparently one of my arms was through the steering wheel, I think my right arm. Yeah. And my left arm was out the window. Yeah. So I have still to this day massive lacerations all along my tricep. And they even there was glass left in my arm for a long, long time. <sighs> Because mm. that wasn't that wasn't the the, the major concern. The yeah, yeah, that wasn't was yeah. Like oh, whatever. He's got glass yeah. all sticking out of his arm. Whatever. That's not important. So right it now. was
0: it was more of the blood loss and any brain damage or spinal damage you might have. Yes, sustained, absolutely.
1: Yep. Yep. So
0: yeah, using the jaws of life to yep. pry you out of that wreckage. Absolutely amazing. Before we leave the crash scene, though, let's mm-hmm. just talk a little bit about Kayla and her story around this time.
1: Yes, that's a great point. Kayla of course, right, had no idea what had gone on. Yeah. So my wife and mother-in-law were with the van, packed it up from our rental place and drove along, along that same highway and that's when there was an accident on the road. It had like just happened. It was very fresh, so fresh that there was still some random person on the roads, directing traffic around this gigantic mess. Are you can mean its like five minutes afterwards. Yeah, it's about five minutes after yeah, it wow. just happened. There were no police there yet, no ambulances, no fire trucks. It was just—it just happened. So she sees this accident coming up, and she's like, "You know what? This is such a positive, happy day. Like this is yeah, so many blessings. I'm not even gonna look. Yeah, because that will just sour the day. <laughs> so she doesn't look. And she drives around the accident completely. My mother in law sitting in the passenger seat does look. But she
0: doesn't recognize the car. She
1: does not recognize the car, cars, people, anything going right. on. Right.
0: Because your car was so mangled. Absolutely. You know, just beyond yep. recognition.
1: Yep. So they basically, from then, just call my cell phone on repeat.
0: Yeah. Getting more frantic. And totally.
1: And I never picked up. But then somehow the police officer used my phone and. Likely called whoever was trying to call me a hundred times. So Kayla picked up the phone and i like, oh, hi, Jacob. You know, like, what's going on type of thing? And on the other end, she just hears, this is officer so-and-so. Jacob has been in a serious car accident. He's been taken to the Hamilton General Hospital. Kayla said that her heart just dropped. And she immediately knew that the car she had passed that morning was me that she didn't look at. And so, then she then asked right away, is he okay? And the officer was like, he's not doing well, man. Yeah. So, Kayla actually didn't think that I was even going to be alive when she got there.
0: Oh, man. That would have been... <laughs> Poor Kayla. I, yeah. yeah, Sure, she was devastated, but she's just mm-hmm. such a, a positive person. I mean, every picture I see of her in the hospital and everything, she's just smiling like her normal oh, self. I can't, I can't believe it. It's, what a I rocker. know, I know. Yeah. Just
1: so solid. So sure. Yeah, it's a great example to me for sure. <laughs> how to, how to, how to uh, go through this trial. Exactly, yeah. do a trial. Yep. Okay. Yep. Kayla would want me to share, too, that any strength she had was all from God. He answered her prayers with a peace beyond all understanding.
0: So yeah, you're in the hospital, and all you know are from pictures of what you've seen and all the reports. I guess you have a stack of
1: reports. I have thing. such a <laughs> ginormous, yeah, just a stack of papers of all the things I had to go through and everything that happened. And they determined that it would be months of rehabilitation in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. months and months because I had ruptured my spleen for example that that was one of the immediate things I needed to, to deal with right away oh really yeah so I was losing blood extraordinarily quickly and internally oh, yeah oh internally you know, yeah. yeah in addition to <laughs> all over my body on, <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. the outside yeah. so it was bleeding from every point on my body so I went into immediate surgery as soon as I got to the hospital essentially
0: how much blood did you lose do you know
1: that's a great question. Uh, the reports say that I lost somewhere around 3.3 liters of blood, Ooh. which to put that into context is about 60 to 70% of all of my blood. Now, there's four main stages of, of blood loss. There's the 10 to 15% where you're a little lightheaded. There's 15 to 30% where your skin's a little cool. You'll feel weak. Your heart starts beating a bit faster to keep you alive, to keep your blood moving. There's a third stage where it's just below 40% of all your blood where you need a blood transfusion, and this is where your heart starts beating really, really fast. All your blood vessels constrict, so to keep the blood moving as quickly as it can and get to all the vital organs in your body. Oh, really? Yep. You sometimes in the hospital, you know how they, they call codes over the PA system? Yeah, yeah, In Hamilton, there's something that's called a code omega because someone's bleeding out. That's what it indicates. It's like someone's losing so much blood, we need blood right away. Or fluid bolus is what they call it in the reports to just increase the pressure so that you actually, your heart can keep going and everything. Yeah. And then there's the fourth stage, sorry, yeah, that you lose about half of your blood. And that's when you start to go into a comatose state. that's where you were that's where I was except it wasn't 50% it was 60 to 70% of all my blood I was in a dire dire situation and if I didn't receive blood soon there would would be no hope for my organs or getting me going again
0: which reminds me I need to go Donate blood. It's my time again.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Everybody go.
0: Don- donate some blood after this. I'm O negative, so maybe you oh, got one wow. of my bags. Fair I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, that's, that's the best stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they put you in a coma, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's uh, they did. That's
0: kind of weird thinking about that.
1: It is. Yeah, well, I had such a severe brain injury. Yeah. That they yeah they induced a coma. For just under a week so that my brain and rest of my body, for that matter, could heal. That's all I needed to focus on was healing. Nothing else but healing, essentially. Yeah. And trying to allow the body to sort itself out from all of the many injuries that was caused.
0: I remember your dad was talking about this one time. He says there's this thing called diffuse axonal injury. It's like DAI or something like that. So when your brain takes that shock, like all the axons in your brain just snap. Is that right? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the axons, the long connecting fibers shear apart. They start ripping apart. Yeah. And I had five brain contusions on my brain and one contusion on my brain stem. So pretty rough shape for sure. Yeah. There's a. A scale they use to determine someone's consciousness after a brain injury. is called the Glasgow Coma Scale. A severe head injury is below 8, moderate 9 to 12, mild 13 to 15. A score of 3 is the lowest or worst score you can get. In other words, you're brain dead. You're never getting out of that coma at 3. From the scene of the accident, I was put at a 5.
0: Mm. What level was that again? Five? is that-
1: Five. I mean, they say below eight is a severe head injury. Right. And three is brain dead. Okay. So because of this, when I did wake up, there was no guarantee that I would understand anything or know anyone. Yeah. They hadn't even ruled out paralysis early on yet. It's hard to describe this, but essentially because of that, you had to learn or be retrained how to learn everything again like you could pick up on things fairly quickly certain things for sure but you had to learn for a good while how to use the bathroom how to control your bladder oh your bowels these are things your body just does and if your brain doesn't recognize oh i need to control that it just does those things oh yeah how to get change how to eat how to swallow how to walk how to shower you name it i had to learn and be shown how to do all of these things again helps through all of these things. Yeah. That's sort of the extent of the brain injury that I had.
0: I remember that because we were just like, oh, we didn't know what was going to happen, right? At that point. And I know your family was just oh, <laughs> it was so hard on them. They were like 24/7 around the clock with you, but when they took you out of that coma, right? Mm-hmm. They started doing some tests on you and you responded. To them, like they had you lift your head off a pillow or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just yep. something simple, just like raising a thumbs up. Totally. Yeah. And it was only like a couple days later, like you were in a coma for a couple
1: of days. Yeah, just less than a week. Yep.
0: Yeah, just less than a week. And I uh, started showing signs of consciousness and, and being there.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just a huge answer to our prayers. Totally. They thought I would be recovering for months or years even in the hospital yeah. And that many of these things i would never recuperate right but not only did i survive many of these things took a, a very short period so i was told that i would be slow
0: cognitively cognitively yeah yeah
1: in a wheelchair with a feeding tube for the rest of my life so in other words i would need full-time 24 7 around the clock care yeah forever
0: be pretty hard to hear. So, just the very fact that you're sitting here talking to me is <laughs> <Yes>. a giveaway <laughs> <None> <laughs> of that came so. to pass. Like, yep, yep. Your accident was one of those days that I remember. It's one of those moments mm. where you remember where you were. Mm-hmm. And it was just a simple thing. Like, it was a Saturday morning, right? Okay. So, we're okay. at home. Okay, yep. And the news starts to go out on the phone tree, you right? Know, to all the people in the ecclesia. And I just remember getting that call and gathering our whole family together and just crying and praying because that's Mm. really all we could do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, at the time. And I know everybody else on the phone tree was doing the same thing. Mm. And we had a prayer meeting at the ecclesias as well. Mm. Yeah, it really shows you the power of prayer. I was just astounded. Like it was a miracle how fast you recovered.
1: I think that's precisely right. I think. It was a miracle that, A, I survived, and B, how quickly I recovered. And I think people use that word miracle really lightly, you know, these days, Mm. like, oh, that's a miracle, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But here we truly have an example, I believe, of a miracle. You know, the times in Christ's day when he healed somebody, oftentimes he would say, don't go tell anyone of the situation for different reasons with the Pharisees and the scribes. But personally, I haven't been told by anyone not to tell anyone. And so this is something I have to share <laughs> with everyone, yeah, yeah. as many people as I can. Yeah, yeah. Because I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And yeah. in the state I'm in, I shouldn't be here either. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's it's very sobering, isn't mm, it? So mm. I don't know if there's anything else from the recovery or that you, you wanted to share.
1: Yeah, there's certainly some other things. This is, this is another great story. Cale and I, this is sometime later, but I was being taken to physio to you know, rehabilitate yeah. myself, be able to use the full function of my limbs and whatnot, um, especially with my left knee that was just destroyed. Every ligament, there's four main ligaments, ACL, PCL, MCL, FCL, and they were all torn. But there was this one time we went into the office and sat down at a normal spot and then there's two men that came in. and It appeared that one was sort of looking after the other one. And they both sat down across from us. And it was just – it's just the strangest thing. It's like, you, you know when you look at someone across the room and then they look at you. You made eye contact. And you make eye contact and you're like, oh, okay, you don't want to you know, continue to look at this weird <laughs> staring A little at awkward. Somebody, yeah. A little awkward. So you look away. I was like, oh, that's a bit interesting but naturally okay you look back at them right to see if they're still looking at you yeah and he was still looking at me i was like oh so i glanced away right away again i'm like oh that's weird i'm like what's going on type of thing so i looked down and then i was like okay this is my chance to look back up so i looked back up and he was still looking at me and this time you could tell he was like really looking at me like his eyes were wide open <laughs> he recognized you exactly for something exactly yeah. as if he recognized me and then right at that time I was called to go off for my physio. And at the same time, this man gets up from his chair and goes to the front desk and speaks to the lady. You mm-hmm. know, you hear some whispering. Then she says, oh, I would want to know if I were in their shoes. And it's like, oh, that's, that's bizarre. To what? Just, you know, over <laughs> yeah. here, that's really weird. <laughs> so this lady at the front desk comes with this man whose name is Phil. And the lady was like, this man pulled your husband out of the car <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what What? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me how does that happen yeah I just we're here at this particular time and he just happened to be there to recognize me and to just
0: and he was one of those who probably thought you were dead absolutely. that's why he was so
1: looking at you like that because he just couldn't believe was that the guy absolutely yeah we talked to him and he was like there's no way you were gonna live and I recognize you, I'm you know, like, are you kidding me? You're alive. Like, what? This makes no sense. Yeah. And yeah. I just unbelievable. One of the other stories that
0: while you were in the hospital and you were recovering, I really love is your interaction with your brother. Because I mean you were just barely coming out of it. Like you said, you were you had to relearn everything. Mm-hmm. But at one point, your brother said, be strong. Mm-hmm. And you said... End of a good courage. That's a Bible verse. That's like, exactly. You ended the Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though like you were having to learn all your new bodily functions and everything, Like the word was still there in your mind. Apparently so. And I remember people saying, you got to be careful with Jacob because people who have these brain injuries, they get angry, and -hmm. they start using foul language, and they lash out at at even their loved ones. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's what they were telling your family. And everything you were doing was the opposite. Like, the the word was coming out of your brain. (laughs) And I think that's just a testament to what you had been doing before, (laughs) was putting the word in your brain, and it was still there, and it was coming out. You had none of that. Mm.
1: And mm-hmm, so your brother mm-hmm. would
0: read a psalm to you and you'd like prompt him to, okay, read the next one. Mm. And you were even like, within a couple of weeks, it seems you were Bible marking again and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I do remember the, yeah, there's a couple things here for sure. I remember, as you say, the school of the prophets, which is a, an annual activity that goes on where yeah. several of us get together to do some good Bible study and to men, sort of exactly yeah. some some scripture and some topics in the Bible and I'm was adamant and I'm still adamant to this day pretty much of going every single year and I remember very specifically actually that I heard that it was coming up and I'm like we're going and this is like early on in the hospital <laughs> you know yeah. like people are still around <laughs> me like and so my dad like looks at me and he's like no you're not. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, we are. <laughs> so this is like a realization that oh I guess that's I was very frustrated that we couldn't go. Um, but at least thankfully there's a way to phone in type of thing. So yeah. I was still able to be a part of it and do some bobble marking. Apparently my brother looked at it after and it made sense, so <laughs> it's a good thing. And the first story you shared there was that was early on. And yeah, it was josh who read it near the end of his shift you know his final words were to me be strong and apparently yeah i uttered back to him and have a good courage and that was a, a powerful moment right that we knew or that he knew that i had <laughs> some yeah, inkling you, of memory and scripture and god's words still in my mind you don't remember doing that i have no recollection of that to this day that's how we say goodbye now Essentially, it's a recognition of God's power.
0: Every time? Every time. You like that yeah.
1: Even tonight, I saw him just before I came here, and that's what we said.
0: Let's just talk about how amazing this is, is because before the accident, you were studying, you were
1: in school. Yes. And I fr- I always have to ask you what the term is. What were you studying? I was in a program called Diagnostic Cytology. Cytology, that's it. exactly yeah. not, not psychology. Not which, psychology. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you study cells, especially disease cells or exactly. cancerous cells yep. to diagnose them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were studying in school. That's pretty advanced, like medical stuff.
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the program required a degree. In biology to get into or some related field. So, it wasn't, you know, a walk in the park, so to speak.
0: Yeah. So, the accident was in the middle of this.
1: I had just started my clinical placement at the hospital at St. Joseph's. Okay. When the accident happened, about two weeks into my placement, it happened.
0: So, you still had to go through this placement and then you had to take an exam. Mm Mm-hmm. To be able to be certified or, exactly. or licensed yep. or in yep. that way. A
1: board exam in that field so that I could actually practice. Yeah. Right. Yep.
0: And this is tough enough under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with this recovery, but eventually you get back into it. Yep. And you actually pass
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> what a blessing. That's-,
0: that's truly amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just really something else, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: Less than a year later. I would have written that exam.
0: So here they were telling you you're gonna be in a wheelchair and you're gonna be basically mentally disabled for the rest of your life. Yep. And you're walking (laughs) and you're talking. (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) And you're passing medical exams. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And with the blessings of God, you've now had a child? A beautiful baby boy.
1: Wow. Yeah. And what uh, happiness he brings. Yeah.
0: So all this is the yeah, the beautiful hand of God to take you through all of this, and I've just been a bystander, just enjoying it mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Not during the time, but right now I come. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's something we can look back on and laugh at. But wow, mm-hmm. it must have been very difficult for you and, and Kayla, and I know for the whole family.
1: It's interesting you say it like that. It was, sure, difficult for me in many regards, but it's one of those things where actually probably in some ways more difficult for the onlookers. Mm. But amazing for them to see where I was and where I've come from then. yeah, Amazing. So every day was a, a challenge. They had to have great faith in God.
0: So when we talk about lessons learned, we've already talked about prayer and the power of prayer. We've talked somewhat about providence, but just looking back on that, I think you were traveling down that road, and if that woman had gone one way maybe five seconds earlier, another way five seconds earlier, she would have missed you. That's the timing. Like it's just wide open road, right? Yep. So that's amazing. But (laughs) I mean, through this all, you've seen the hand of God in all these little ways that you've piled up here (laughs) for us, right? Mm -hmm. Even through the terrible times and the unsure times, having to have faith in God, and this is really a faith increase or all <laughs> that you've gone through. But these trials are hard, and um, I don't know what you think about this, but it's a hard question because we talked about prayer before, mm-hmm. but I've equally known people in similar situations who we've prayed very hard for yep, with totally different results.
1: Absolutely. There was actually a situation that was happening pretty much at the exact same time with, some might know, the Wilton family. Yeah. We had heard just a month prior to the accident on August 31st about that she was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Which was tremendously difficult, really hard.
0: That was a young mother with three boys. That's young, exactly right. Boys, yeah.
1: Yeah. Then the accident happened and there was some... Parallel and timing of those two trials, grave trials, and yet one turned out very much differently than the other.
0: I can tell you're still grappling with that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's so hard. It's, uh, I didn't have any children. I was granted life. And yet. In the Wilton family, Linda, who was fighting the cancer, lost her life. And she had three children. And you can't help but ask why You know, why was I granted life and she wasn't? That's immediately what comes to your mind. Yeah. But that can't be the focus. You can't look to the whys. You have to look to what's being done in that example. Because in many circumstances of trial, the trial isn't necessarily for the individuals going through it. Hmm. Which is hard to the grasp. what you're saying it's not
0: about you or it's not about Linda. It's exactly the whole
1: situation. Exactly. Mm. And I think that's a powerful, powerful message that the Word of God portrays is that, you know what, there's much to be learned from what other people go through. Yeah, yeah. And hence the sharing and helping of these burdens with each other to get through very difficult times.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there'll be people listening who have lost loved ones, They're still grieving, I mean, for years and years. And it's one of those things we just got to keep our faith in God that these things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. that this life is temporary, mm-hmm. that we're looking beyond it to the resurrection, mm-hmm. to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the setup of the kingdom. And that's where our vision is. That's what we're seeking for, right? So
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There's a great verse. A study I was doing actually on the Book of Esther, and it was really powerful to me because it really speaks of providence in the lives of Esther and of Mordecai in the Book of Esther. And it's chapter four, verse fourteen. It says this: Mordecai speaking to Esther, "For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed." And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? That's powerful. Very powerful because regardless of the decisions that they would make, Mordecai's point is God will outwork his will Mm -hmm. one way or another. Right. Yeah. So to us, it's how do we align ourselves with God's purpose and His will, that we can be a part of His purpose and the outworking of providence. Mm. Another verse that really stands out for me and is hard to really wrap my brain around sometimes is Job 1, verse 21. It says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This verse really shows that our God gives and he also takes away the why behind it all. That it's often not for us to really understand right now. But we have to try and take comfort in knowing that God knows best. And we need to praise him in our circumstances, whatever they may be. Right. Yeah. So we've really spent some time going through the accident, God's hand at work and providence. But another important verse that I'd like to add is John 20, verse 21. It says, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I have seen and experienced in my very body firsthand a miracle in so many ways. The fact I'm alive and mostly back to the way I was before. That was played out right in front of me. But Christ here was telling Thomas in this Bible verse, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. A huge calling for me and for others to have that faith despite the circumstances and what they might look like in our own lives. Mm,
0: right. I know many young people who have lost their lives in car accidents. Mm. I mean, the headlines could have been you and that, but more often than not they were doing you know, something a little dangerous or something like that, but you mm-hmm. were just driving down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's a lesson, I mean, just reaching out to young people or, or whoever really don't take life for granted right
1: absolutely that's such an important lesson that you bring up and there's a great passage in james chapter four on that that i've got to read because it just it fits so nicely (laughs) go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away Mm -hmm. and then here's what we have to do for that you ought to say if the lord will and it doesn't stop there it says if the lord will we shall live and do this or that that part's almost completely forgotten so we say, you know, God willing, you know, yeah. we'll do this or that. Yeah. Well, it's actually God willing that you're even alive, <laughs> that you'll be breathing. Just, wow, puts are, are, it into perspective. I know
0: you can tell you have a lot more appreciation for that verse. Wow. <laughs>
1: do I ever. Oh. Wow, I just didn't understand the meaning.
0: <laughs> I know you've expressed to me, too, the love that was shown to you was... So very much appreciated. And it was mm-hmm. it was just on the little things. I've seen some of the pictures of the cards, the number of cards you've got. You still have all those cards?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I, do. I lined them up all over my floor to take a picture. And it covered basically my entire bedroom floor.
0: Did it mean that much
1: to you? It's huge. Absolutely. That people are thinking and praying over you, knowing mm-hmm. the power of prayer. Mm-hmm and the outworking of god's will by that it's absolutely massive we can never underestimate even doing something small signing your name on a card sharing a meal the list goes on in terms of what was shown the love the support it was tremendous and for such a long time and even now to this day all the support shown it's just incredible
0: yeah I love that the Ecclesia had a work day over at your place even when you're yes. in the hospital just to get the place all up wow. to shape and oh, everything. <laughs>
1: just not expect that. <laughs> yeah, so helpful. Yeah, just just amazing.
0: Yeah. Really good. That was a big example for me just looking back at it. The last question I have for you is probably the hardest question. This woman who hit you. hmm How do you feel about her? Because a lot of people would be very angry about somebody who's driving intoxicated or whatever she was Mm -hmm. and just doing this to you, you know, is it a forgiveness? How do you feel about that?
1: I have progressed. Absolutely. Because, you know, initially there's anger, there's frustration, but now it, you can only hear the words of Christ, that you forgive 70 times 7. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely where it's at now. It's complete forgiveness, and you have to. If you would like any potential forgiveness for your errors in your own life, you have to completely forgive in order to be forgiven. And I need forgiveness. Yeah. And she needs forgiveness as well, and clearly made a mistake. But I can't hold any grudge whatsoever.
0: And It's been hard. You've had to work on that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, despite someone else's repentance or lack thereof, we still need to forgive.
0: Yeah, it really is a two-way street, isn't it? So to have complete forgiveness and everything, the mm-hmm. person has to repent, and you have to forgive. mm mm-hmm. But you have to be ready to forgive whenever that repentance happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to do that whole process beforehand. You have to do your part. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Even if she never <laughs> comes around, that's right? exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, it has to already be forgiven. Well,
0: that's great, Jacob. I want to thank you so much for spending the time just going through this again. It's mm-hmm. so impactful. I, I just really enjoy just thinking about all these lessons about what you've gone through and how inspirational it is in so many ways for all of us mm-hmm. in our lives of faith. We don't all go through the same things, but we all share together these things, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Follow the same principles. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
0: Well, this marks the end of our fifth season. Thank you so much for listening. We loved being with you. Lord willing, we'll be back next year with some very interesting subjects. I'm looking forward to the studies already. If you have a subject that you think would make a great podcast, then send it to us using the contact form at www.essentialbiblestudies.org. While we are away, why not get caught up on past episodes or replay some of your favorites. The Essential Bible Studies podcast is sponsored by the book road Christadelphian Ecclesia, located in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.